Welcome to the Defender Podcast, a resource to help mobilize and equip the body of Christ to manifest the gospel to orphans and vulnerable children. This podcast is a ministry of Lifeline Children's Services, and I'm your host, Herbie Newell. It's December 28, 2022. I'm Rick Morton, and this is the Defender Podcast. Well, thanks again for joining us here on the Defender Podcast as we wrap up 2022 with this final episode of the year. Um, We are, as we do traditionally at this time, we're going to do a best of episode and we're putting forth today what I think is one of our, one of the best of our best of. Um, Back in April, actually April the 20th uh, of this year, Herbie and I had the opportunity to sit down with a couple of people that have um, have really made a huge impact on, on both of our lives. And so we're, we were able to sit down with Mary Beth and Stephen Curtis Chapman. Um, obviously, um, most of you that are listening to us know um, Mary Beth and Stephen and about their family and about their work. And so I won't, um, won't rehash all of that. But, um, but through um, their life, their family, their music, uh, their love for adoption, their founding of Show Hope, just in so many different ways. Um, this is a, a couple and a family that have, have ministered to many of us deeply, especially those of us that are a part of uh, the adoption community within the body of Christ. And so um, we're going to go back and listen to the first part of that interview. We'll actually be airing the second part of that interview as a best of episode next week. But um, we just had a, a great opportunity to be able to talk to the Chapmans about life and family and adoption and uh, trauma and all kinds of things um, in the midst of um, in the midst of this first segment. But before we get there, we want to talk to you about Lifeline's campaign to change one life. Uh, and so, our end of year campaign this year uh, is called Change One Life, and and it's our goal um, together with with you and with the community of believers that come around Lifeline um, to to give sacrificially so that we're able to change more lives. Um, through adoption, through foster care, um, through global orphan care, through serving, through the body of Christ. And, and ultimately, our challenge is we want to change one church, we want to change one family, and we want to change one life uh, together, um, but individually to focus on that goal. And so if you would uh, prayerfully consider um, joining together with Lifeline to change one life, you can go to lifelinechild.org backslash change dash one that's o-n-e one dash life dot dash 2022 so that's a little bit of a mouthful we'll put that in the show notes Um, but that is lifelinechild.org backslash change dash one the word one o-n-e dash life dash 2022 and this year as part of our change one life campaign we're we're seeking to raise three million dollars in order to propel us into the work that the lord has for us and together um, to change lives um, in the name of jesus and so we pray that you would uh, you would consider and and maybe share with somebody the opportunity to be able to give here at the end of the year as a way of of serving the vulnerable, but ultimately serving them with the gospel of Jesus Christ. So without further ado, we're going to jump into our best of episode um, and our interview that we completed uh, in first broadcast on April the 20th, 2022 with Mary Beth and Stephen Curtis Chapman. Pray that you enjoy this interview. We'd love to hear from you and and love to hear um, your thoughts about the conversation that we were able to have with the Chapman's. So we're so grateful 
like we said, just to be joined by the Chapman family. And of course, now is the time of the podcast that everyone looks so forward to, where we get to bring in the venerable Dr. Rick. And uh, of course, he is world renowned and world known. But uh, Dr. Rick, what a blessing it is, because I know you and I have talked so many times about not just, you know, the music, the story, the adoption story, show hope, but what an inspiration this couple has been to us. Um, and in a sense, these friends have discipled us from afar in so many different ways by showing us the love of a marriage, the love of a family, and obviously ultimately the love of a savior. You know, Mary Beth, Stephen, we, um, we're just thrilled to have the opportunity to have you and to spend a little bit of time with you. Um, I feel like we've known each other a lot longer than we have. And that probably goes back to, you know, being one of those nineties couples that had, I will be here, you know, sung at your wedding and, you know, those yeah. sorts of things. So we're like, wow. we're, we're those goofy people yeah. that have just kind of, you know, like lived <laughs> alongside your story a little bit. Yes. Um, I did realize Stephen over the weekend, mm -hmm. I was watching baseball and um, mullets are coming back. Yes. There is rumors <laughs> of that. Um, and my sons have actually, you know, told me that they were the ones in their thirties now, early thirties. So they're, uh, but they have challenged me, dad, I think they're coming back. Maybe you need to bring it back. And I've said, you know, there are a lot of things I might consider. Um, that's one that would never <laughs> be in consideration. I do a thing in my concerts where I'll mention I'm taking, I'm taking people back to the mullet years. And, and when we have the, you know, the wherewithal, we'll, throw up a picture of, of me from back in those days. And just last night they, and they've been picking random pictures. So I'm even surprised mm -hmm. sometimes at what pops up there and they pick one that, that is, I mean, it, it was in its full glory. The mall, it was just, you know, flowing. The top was, you know, was going the back flowing. And I had on this, ridiculous outfit shorts with these oh, white orange, socks orange shorts and like a, yeah, yeah, yeah. And no, it's a, yeah, but I had white socks and, and it looks like house slippers. I don't even know what these shoes were that I was wearing at the time. And the shirt was this, like floor. the whole thing. Mm -hmm. I'm like, what in the world? And I is fell going in love on? with that. And somehow <laughs> and she, she did. And I don't know. That's just, yes. But, um, it's, yeah, I, I'm, um, really, we just didn't know, you know, we didn't know there was <laughs> right. going to be at the time we, we were, we were young, we were foolish. We didn't know there was ever going to be anything like, you know, throwback Thursdays and mullet Mondays and, you know, social media didn't exist. You know, we thought these were pictures. You'd take it one time, put it in a shoebox, slide it under your bed and it would never resurface. But instead they pop up every time I turn. Around. Right. As long as no one met your parents, you'd never see it. Again. Right. Yeah, exactly. right, right, right. Yeah. But today they're everywhere. Yeah, you know, exactly. I remember yeah. in. 1990, probably in sitting in Central Church in Memphis, Tennessee, Denise, my wife, before we were married, gigging me in the ribs at one of your concerts. And she said that that's what you want your mullet to be when it grows up. <laughs> Are you that serious? Oh gosh! The standard so, in go, It was the gold standard. There you go. And yeah. so, and so that's uh, you know. So there's there's been um, yes. and so there's still aspirations. I'm just trying yeah. to hang on to mine, right? Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. If I'm I'm all about it turning gray just yeah. as long as it didn't turn loose. There you so. go. I hear you. Yes. I would like to go on oh, record. Goodness. Stephen never permed his mullet. 
Yeah, I know. It, she it always likes always to all point that out. I like to give Michael W. a hard time because, you know, <laughs> Smitty went with the perm mullet. And, and uh, I think he regrets that even more than you're, I do. You're the purest. The yeah, you're I'm, the I'm more of a purist. Yeah. Because, because Instagram. Right? Yeah. Yes. Like, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, goodness. Yeah. So we could talk about the trendsetters on mullets. Absolutely. Yes. But in a lot of ways, and I think because what so many people probably appreciate about your family is... Well, I know it's hard to live out in the public eye. Y'all are so honest about your struggles, the successes of your family. And so when the Lord led you guys to adopt, people followed that, the the highs and the lows. And it's been well documented. And we've had Emily on the podcast as well, talking about leaving notes on your pillow and, you know, cajoling y'all into adoption. But outside of Emily's, you know, prayers and cajoling, how did the Lord really kind of confirm in both of you, okay, adoption needs to be part of our story? Well, yeah, obviously cat- catapulted by one 11-year-old pesky <laughs> little girl named Emily who went on a trip with, many people know the trip that we went on to Haiti. Um, you know, I think Stephen and I, I think secretly Stephen had always been praying that God would not only use his platform, you know, and ministry purpose for, you know, for the church, but, but what would, what would it look like for our family to really live out what you were singing about, what you were writing about. And I think one thing that was always in his heart was potentially adoption. Um, And so when Emily came to us and said, we have room at our table, this, this is like a no brainer. Um, Like, you know, as, as the, mm-hmm. as the concert goes, you know, in concert, you say that Emily, that was a wonderful mm-hmm. idea. When you grow up, it'll be a great idea for your family. Right. Um, but what we really were doing was taking it to the Lord in prayer and just going, we're going to, we're going to try to model out um, to our children, what it looks like to really pray about what next steps are as far as what it looks like to step into this river. Um, I remember we talked about this this morning at breakfast. I remember talking to the boys and Emily and saying, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to head on this adoption to, or this journey towards adoption. And we're going to pray about it and take steps of faith. But sometimes that journey might lead to a big detour Mm -hmm. and God might take us in a different direction to get involved somewhere else or whatever it is, probably partly because I was scared to death. (laughs) And I repeat, I was scared to death. Very non-committal at that point. Like I will take a few steps, but you know, know, God could change it anytime. God could change it anytime. It's like, how would God not want to continue to draw our family to adoption? Right. And so, but we did want our, we wanted our kids to see that kind of modeled out. And so we told them we were just going to start taking steps and it, it, and like you do in a journey of faith, the way the Lord confirmed sometimes seriously, most of the times in a really funny way that we were (laughs) taking right steps. It just became very apparent through a lot Mm -hmm. of different, different avenues that we were to continue to take those steps, which led us to a hallway in China Mm -hmm. where we met Shelly for the first time. And so hopefully our children saw us taking it as very serious. Mm -hmm. Um, And, and, and and, Mm -hmm. that's just kind of, I think we, um, I mean, as I think about it, just all the ways that God was orchestrating things that we had obviously no idea at the time. You look back now and you think of our friends, you know, who we had friends in our small group and circle who were adopting 
taking in, you know, foster care. This was a time when you guys will remember there was some very um, zealous Mm -hmm. uh, movements within the church Mm -hmm. uh, around Mm -hmm. pro-life, you know, let's go get arrested and make big, you know, headline Mm -hmm. news because that's what will make the statement that we're, you know, for Mm -hmm. that we're, you know, pro-life and very much against, um, you know, abortion and, and I remember really wrestling with that and thinking, is that God, is that what, you know, go, you know, pick it and, and do these things that, um, you know, will will make this strong stand and something just, you know, kept feeling like, I don't know that that's the best way we're supposed to steward this moment for our family. And then, you know, I remember sitting in a, at Bethany, uh, Christian services, um, dinner I'd been asked to come sing, been invited by our friends. I declined to go. And and my wife said, (laughs) you go, you go. I have a soccer mom's meeting, I think. I found another reason to not go. I have a thing. I have to go do a thing. I told Emily to bring back any information she wanted to, and I would read it. That's what I told her. I'm so sorry. Yeah. Yeah. And I was, but I remember even then, you know, just being profoundly uh, struck by, that that idea that you know what's the most powerful argument we can have for really being pro-life because you know there's these children that are going to be born um that that are going to need a family mm-hmm. and we can say you know don't you know don't end that pregnancy don't end that pregnancy but it was just sort of my simple brain was like wow that just makes a whole lot of sense and that seems like would be mm-hmm. the way god would want us to engage in this. So that I think for me really started to, you know, kind of kick the door open in in my heart to go, well, let's at least pray about what our part is. We've always felt like we had this platform. You know, I've I've used to talk about this. I call it the spotlight phenomenon. I I discovered early on in in my touring days with a band on stage with me, I had amazing guitar players on stage and I play guitar, but I would have guys who, you know, they would be taking the guitar solo and I'm like, everybody's looking at me because I'm holding the guitar and they're thinking, uh, you know, that's really great. A great guitar solo happening right now, but it's that guy over there, but the spotlight operators focused on me. So I realized if I walk over to that guy mm. and I kind of like engage with him and then the spotlight shining, that was sort of my way to go. If this guy doesn't really know out there operating the spotlight, doesn't have the cues of who's doing this great thing right now, I walk over to him and that'll put the spotlight on him. And I thought, well, that's part of what I feel like God has given me the, this music and us this platform for is that we can take a spotlight, you know, and over the years it was prison fellowship and my relationship and friendship that God gave us with the brilliant Chuck Colson mm-hmm. when he was with us, um, you know, just different organizations through the years that I thought, gosh, this is an amazing way to steward this platform and this gift that God's given us. So, and never imagining at that point that, you know, it would be, it would be adoption um, until God began to stir this. And so then I thought, well, gosh, if we take that same, you know, mm. spotlight and take it to this, maybe that's where God's leading us. And so the, the journey began. Um, I do have to tell the one story because when you ask specific, what were other things other than Emily, mm. our daughter leaving notes on her pillow, basically shaming us to consider, <laughs> you know, if you don't consider adoption and, and pray about it, you could be living in disobedience to God's will for your life. I mean, that's your There's level. that. There's that. But, but beyond that, the things that we learned, I really love to say and talk about how much of just the winsomeness and, you know, the the wildness of of 
our father, our heavenly father, you know, I grew up like a lot of us kind of, you know, you read, you know, whatever you've done for the least of these, you've done unto me, you know, you hear it in this James Earl Jones voice, this very stern <laughs> kind of do it or, or else, you know, and I think what we learned in our journey and it really, I mean, the, the, one of the biggest ones was when we first started even just saying, all right, we'll pray about this. And we're going to tell the kids, we'll at least take some steps on this journey. And you guys may have heard the story, but we just decided one day going to lunch, let's talk about if we really did this, what, what would we name a, another daughter? It's probably going to be a daughter. We had already started thinking about China for whatever reason, because of the need mm -hmm. that was there. And so we said, somehow the name was like, just, that'd be a fun conversation. Like if we really did, what, what would be a name? And I said, we're like, Oh, well, we always love the name Hannah. So maybe, you know, and that's such a you know gift of God's grace is the meaning of that. So that would be wonderful, you know, part of them. And I said, you know, what's really, I mean, we're, we would be kind of like, you know, uh, Abraham and Sarah, you know, like we feel like we're a hundred years old, you know, we're so old, which at that time we were, we're not that old, but, but we felt like we're, we're past, you know, what we ever imagined we'd be having a, a baby. We've gotten out of that phase of life and it's like, we would be laughing, you know, so maybe what would be the name for laughter? Like, you know, like, you know, Isaac was, you know, what would be our you know name for that? And I wonder if there's a Chinese name for laughter. You know, and, and if that could be put in a name, how cool would that be? Because it'd be kind of like, you know, putting the name, creating a name that has this significance and, you know, me just being creative and goofy. So I'm like, yeah, that would be funny. So an hour later, we have lunch, hour and a half, two hours later, we have a, a doctor's appointment. Mary Beth has a doctor's appointment. We're sitting in the doctor's waiting room and I literally pick up a, I don't know, two, three-year-old Reader's Digest magazine. Old. Okay. It was I old. Have, I have the copy. Yeah, that's yeah. right. And I just pick it up and I'm just thumbing through while we're waiting for the doctor. There's and an I, Asian and, and boy and yeah, mom on the there's a, there's a, a family uh, and I open it up and I just, my eyes just, you know, fall on this story. I'm not looking for it. And it's like this little boy, it's a story about him needing medical heart surgery and how the internet, it was kind of a, a miracle that had come by way of the internet. This was kind of early on in the in internet, the internet days. days. Yeah. 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 So they're like, this, this is a really good thing. Internet. Look how it can be used. Anyway, they, this story says the little boy's name is Chinese and the little boy's name, they call him show show. Um, and his name comes from it's, it's X I A O Shao, Uh, and it is the Chinese word for laughter. So this is an hour and a half after I said, and wouldn't it be crazy to see if we had an name? So it was actually yeah. S H A O. Yeah, yeah. So it was show uh, or show and and parentheses meaning uh, laughter. Meaning laughter. And I just read it, and I mean, literally, I'm 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 like freaking out. I'm hearing God go, you know, chuckling <laughs> like, watch this. You know, it's literally what it felt like. And and I, I show it to Mary Beth, and she like. I think you like threw the magazine across the room in shock. Like what, you know, are you, you, you set this up. Right. And I was like, no, that's, and I think it was right then. We we're like, well, I guess it's going to be Hannah and show it's going to be show Hannah. And we knew we already had the name. And I mean, just those kind of things. And that was one of many of those kind of things where it was just literally like God, I felt the difference of God saying you do this, or I'm really going to be disappointed in you, you know, um, to God going, I'm going to blow your mind. I'm going to show you, you know, more about my nature, who I am, father to the fatherless, 
and and the delight in that and the joy and the wildness mm -hmm. and the adventure and yeah it's going to be hard and yeah it's going to and it has you know proven to be harder than we ever imagined in in the journey but also just you know just so much about the heart of our father that i feel like we began to learn yeah. even then it's kind of well i think we both know where this is going now are we just going are we going to get on board or are we going to are we, gonna are we really going to be foolish it? enough to ignore try to ignore this because that sounds like a really bad idea yeah you know i've, I've told people in in the past it, it almost feels like you're bowling on one of those lanes that's set up for kids yep. You know, where like the gutter, yeah. like you yeah. can't really throw yeah. a gutter, ball, right? <laughs> like God is, God is active yeah. in the process, and the fact that as much as we try to, you know, jump outside of, yeah. uh, of His plan for us and His will for us, there He just has those, there are those grace moments where it's like, mm -hmm. yeah. here's a Reader's Digest, yeah. here's a yeah. here's a word that's spoken, yeah. you know, by somebody somewhere or, or an occasion, and and those things that kind of give you confidence, you know, yeah. going forward to know that I'm, you know, I'm really supposed to take that next step. Yeah, I think part of Part of your journey through, um, and and you guys have been so gracious to you know share so much with your family of, of the journey that you guys have been through personally. But I think there are a lot of us that are that are now parenting kids that are adults that came home through adoption, and we look back and man, like there was just there was just stuff we didn't know, and there right. was stuff that we that we weren't prepared for in in you know in the midst of of that journey, and I, I think. I, I would be curious if if you can kind of put your finger on a couple of things of saying, man, I wish like I wish we had known then what we know now with regard to being ready, because there are a lot of folks that are going to be right. listening to this podcast and they're 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 at a completely different part of the journey than we are. Yeah. And and I think it's always it's always interesting to sit down with folks that have that have walked this journey and, and say, like, where would you prioritize getting ready yeah. in in the before stages yeah. mm -hmm. I, I think I think there's a lot you know I think again um, you know God operates so outside of time mm -hmm. so you know in 1999 in 2000 when we brought showy home you know it was kind of you know, it's kind of like even even in the church, it was almost like the Titanic was going this way. And then we, we start we began to see kind of a shift, you know, towards mm -hmm. this beautiful journey of, of families adopting of, of families adopting and in in that early journey of even show Hannah's hope at the time um, and now show hope. Um, one of the first things we started doing was granting, you know, um, adoption aid grants to help families adopt. And even then we were like this family is adopting 27 kids from the country of, you know, this is great, you know, give them, a, you know, and, and again, not that if God's called you to that, obviously walk right. in with your eyes wide open and get as much information and education. But in 1999 and in 2000, mm -hmm. 2001, there wasn't, we did not walk yeah. in with our eyes wide open and fully prepared. We were probably more prepared than most because we had walked with some families who, you know, had had some, more difficult journeys and so we were like hey we just need to be prepared that love is not enough there's right. there's other things that you can you know equip yourself with again if god's called you to it he's going to walk with you through it doesn't mean that it you know i think we have a, we had an idea i think it's easy to have an idea that because we're going to step into doing this very heartbeat of what the very nature of God's about, it's all going to go well. Right. Well, how sure. could it not? How could this not be anything but, you know, good? And I was guilty of that. I was 
I was giving adoption aid grants based on, mm-hmm. you know, th- this is this is amazing. This is amazing. Mm-hmm. And beginning to realize, wait a minute, this is a huge disservice if we're not helping people um, obviously do what God's calling them to, but helping mm-hmm. them walk into it with their eyes wide open. As that pertains to our adoptions, you know, we, I, when we adopted Shoei, Luckily, I'd walked with some families really closely. And so I knew like some of that early attachment stuff. Like I was the only one that like for a year that held Joey and put her down at night. She was having these night terrors and stuff like that. But, you know, I think I would have we would have done it more intensely. We would have gotten a whole lot more counseling. I would have we were talking a little earlier before we even went on on microphone for the podcast that um, I think I would have love to have had a little more information and researched what is it going to actually be like that her skin looks different than ours, that she looks different than us. You know, Mm -hmm. I used to find Joey when she was little looking in the mirror, making these little almond shapes with her fingers going, you know, and just saying, I don't look like you. And, Mm -hmm. and I, I ignorantly did not, you know, Christian and I'm thinking we all we all look the same in God's <laughs> eyes and I don't see any difference sure. in my daughter yeah, I just see yeah. my daughter all the uh-huh. nice yeah, Christianese sure. things yeah. we say they're inside figuring out they don't look like us right. and 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 again I think ignorantly I thought love was enough and that I didn't see her any different than she's my daughter but I think because of that maybe I ignored or didn't have I wasn't as well equipped. Mm-hmm with some of the early answers that maybe she was asking that maybe I didn't even realize she was asking them in just the young ways in which she was expressing them. And so again, what do you do with that? You just try to, you try to help your platform get better, you know, at, at show hope with, you know, I hope what people sense about the work we do is like, we like to go really deep and, 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 and really like, okay, we, we've been doing this for a while. We need to make that better. You know, right. we got to go deeper families. What can we offer? Like, mm-hmm. if they're going to step into the river, mm-hmm. let's let's offer them, you know, the the, the pre and post support. You know, and so I think that I think that's my biggest um, my biggest thing is I just wish I would have been a little more in tune to just thinking that probably love was enough and that we're all colorblind. <laughs> you know, nobody's going to you know no one's you know she's our daughter. You know, she got to University of Alabama. All of a sudden, she's 18 years old, and she tells me that for the first half of an anthropology class her freshman year, no one spoke to her, and she couldn't figure out why. And she said she finally realized, I think they thought I spoke Mandarin because without you and Dad, yeah, I am showing chat. You know, I know you know I'm not walking around yeah. in Franklin, Tennessee anymore. I'm just yeah. walking across campus as an aging young lady, and you know, people are huh. you know saying mm-hmm. you know speaking you know think I don't speak English. They literally thought she didn't speak English. (laughs) And so I think I would have, you know, I can write the book on what not to do. And I wish I kind of would have been able to figure that out a little bit, that to help Mm -hmm. her be prepared a little bit more for um, the world does see in color. Yeah. 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 Even through that though, and certainly while we wouldn't want to ever back off on being prepared, it, isn't God's grace so amazing to see how even through our failures, we're shaping the Lord's using that to shape our kids' character, yes. to make them into the people that, that they are today. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's, again, one of the things I appreciate about your family 
But I know at times it's hard to be in the limelight. It's hard to have a microphone uh, in your in your face or to have a, you know a camera in your eye experiencing everything. What what has been the hardest thing for your kids to be kind of in the spotlight? I think all of it. <laughs> if, you, if you had them around the table, I, I think they have. Um, the I mean, we, we have, I say we, and, and I'll give a lot of credit to my bride um, for really being, you know, so intentional about trying to make our life as normal as possible. Now, we are not. Normal, normal we're people. not normal. None of us, uh, you know, <laughs> Chapman's are. Um, we are very ab- abnormal. Ab- abnormal. Um, a good word to describe um, but, most of us. But I mean, in, in attempt to say we don't want our, you know, as much as we can uh, to normalize kind of this thing. And dad, you know, has a job. And, and yeah, it's, it's a, and God's entrusted a lot, you know, to us and try to understand that, but also not set it up so that, you know, that they feel like this is some um, thing that, you know, is real isolated and, and unique and outside of kind of normal life is just happens to be what God's entrusted to us. You tell a great story of when Shoei was or when Emily was first going to kindergarten and first grade, uh, first grade a teacher or was I think a teacher or someone cheek there at pincher. school. Yeah. <laughs> the cheek pincher came up to her. Oh, you're so cute. Emily Chapman. Now what, you know, what's it like? I think they said, what's it like to have a famous, famous dad or something yeah. like that? She, she just and looked at me like, what does that mean? Is something know, wrong with dad? You know? <laughs> what is, what's Nobody told me dad's famous. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. like, what in the world is, go- is going on? And, and, yeah. and it was, it's an odd question, right? To ask yeah. a, a first year old, a first so, grade, a first grader. And she just, she was like, he's, yeah. you know, he's just, you know, just, just my dad. And, um, and yeah. I've loved it when when people will comment to us, you're just so normal. I, I don't I I love it because I feel like I you know, I don't I don't know really what the met the barometer of normal is. I mean I mean, okay, if we're normal, I'd hate to see what abnormal looks like. But but I grew up in Ohio, Midwest, Stephen grew up in Kentucky, and and I love just trying to make as normal as mm-hmm. possible it not be a big deal who dad is because he's just dad right now as the kids have gotten older like our boys are in a rock band called colony house and you know and they call their dad the goat you know dad you're the goat and 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 it's interesting because caleb and will they meet a lot of people on the road in these you know they they play a lot of clubs places that you're not going to find you know probably a lot of of steven fans but it's been really interesting because a lot of people and 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 our boys are committed believers and if you listen to the music i believe it is as christian as christian music is mm-hmm. it's just they're really intentional about who they're trying to reach and who they want to have conversation with right, right. and um they're like you would not believe how many people will come up to us and have figured out who caleb and will belong to or whatever and 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 they're and they're just wait a minute your dad, you know, is Stephen Curtis Chapman. And, and they're like, oh, well, here we go. You know, here we go. And, and it's like they're surprised. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. really? A lot of people really do know who you are. But um, I'm, I'm kind of rambling. But we we have we have 
it, it's been hard, right? Mm -hmm. when, when you've been given the platform, but yet trying to teach our children all along that it, with whom much is given, really much right. is required. So what are we going to do to, you know, not get all caught up in it, but to continually try to give that platform back? And it is cost. It's it's cost. It's been, it's a price that we've we've paid. Um, I think there's a that's the challenge we talk a lot about this. And I was even telling someone the other day. I'm trying to remember. Oh, we were talking about a a music video that I'm in the process of of trying to put together and and talking about. And it and it kind of is a it, it's going to have a bit of a feel of kind of what the journey has been like because um, I'm making some new music. 35 years since the release of my first record, which is hard to believe when I even say that, um, that I've been alive that long, much less making music for that long. And, I'll, I'll, um, I'll be sure to get your cane. When we yes. Do. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Get we're still, you know, saddle up the, the, the horses. Um, but, but can I get a step ladder to help me yeah, saddle it up? But, um, but I was saying something and talking about, you know, different parts of the journey. And, and this, this person said, and there's probably really been some, some loneliness in that too, hasn't there been? And I don't even know this guy. And I'm like, I, I'm in tears on the other end of the phone and I finally kind of pull it together. I'm like, man, you just, you just, you just pushed a, you know, button and, and something that, you know, it feels on one hand, you know, to talk about it is like, well, somebody call the ambulance. It must be really hard to be, you know, known by a lot of people for your music and, you know, all of those things. And, and you really do. That's part of the part of the challenge, I think, even, you know, for our kids, for our family is to say, man, this has been, you know, an amazing blessing. And we get the opportunity to, you know, in, inspire people and encourage people just in this whole area of adoption and show hope comes out of it and all of these amazing things. Um, but there is, you know, the side of it that is isolating mm -hmm. and there there is a loneliness people look at you we talk a lot about this people look at our life and think gosh they're so busy they probably have so many people constantly you know bothering them and and wanting to you know get together and do this and do that that let's not you know we'll, mm -hmm. we'll not we'll not bother them and you end up kind of going no we like you can bother <laughs> us we want to be bothered because we're you know yeah there is an aspect of it that is you know a lot there's busyness and, and all of that but there is yeah that's part of the when you ask what's it been like you know i think that is it's it's both of those mm -hmm. you feel this incredible you know this this amazing gratitude of you know the the opportunities that we've been given and the privilege that that's been and the stories that you know you hear from people of the music and the life and the inspiration and the encouragement of our story and that's amazing and then so you feel even guilty sometimes with that to think, well, I should never feel the other side of that, which is the, the loneliness that comes with it or the isolation, uh, you know, that's been part of that of that journey as well. Um, so, yeah, it's it's kind of two edged sword yeah. in that yeah. way. Yeah. Sometimes you just want to be known you know, yeah. for who you are, not for what you do. Yeah. And and that's at the, the heart of us. And I think that's even the beauty of adoption is because we're bringing these kids into our homes, we're helping these kids and we're getting them for who they really are, right. you know? Yes. And I I love how, again, y'all have encouraged so many. And of course it's been well-documented. Y'all said many times and 
probably the funniest is Mary Beth started writing checks and you realized you couldn't make enough albums. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. To, yeah, to write songs as fast as she's writing that's checks right. to help families. <laughs> to help right. families. Yeah. And Show Hope has helped so many. One, it's encouraged so many. The the depth of the ministry has been great. Mm-hmm. But talk a little bit about just how the ministry has grown and changed from what you've talked about. Just, hey, yeah, let's approve the 27 kids coming yeah, from yeah, Africa yeah. to yeah. now really the, the depth of the ministry to helping. I mean, y'all have helped so many of our social workers to get TBRI trained. Um, That's trust-based relational intervention training that has helped the depth of our services. There's so much more that Show Hope touches than just grants. Can y'all talk a little bit more about the depth of the ministry? Yeah, sure. So, yeah, you know, we realized, you know, fairly quickly, you know, we, we want to go, you know, deeper with our families. The whole reason, and this, this will probably blow y'all's mind, but the whole reason um, I remember we met with Gary Haugen of um, IJM and said, hey, we really feel like God's just kind of laying something on our heart, but we don't want to, we don't want to, you know, reinvent the wheel, but like, it, but we can't, you know, we don't, we don't know. We, we think that God's kind of leading us to start something. He goes, was anybody else doing it? We could not find in 1999, 2000, I guess, Shohanna's Show Hope was officially, you know, chartered in 2003 someone who was doing adoption aid grants at the time and now we know that there you know there are multiple but we couldn't find that and so that's really where show hope started was indeed i was writing checks because i had come back so from china again right god uses outside of time so in 19 in 2000 when i'm standing in an orphanage packed full of baby girls mostly and i'm going wait a minute all that standing in the way, I know I'm going to get home and I know there's going to be families mm. that are touched by Stephen's platform, by our life. That's going to go, if you guys can do this, we can do this. And I'm looking to the right and left. We were so blessed to be able to, to, to see her orphanage. And, and I'll never forget her little bed. Everything was rolled up yeah. in their empty bed. Her little name placard was pulled out. But as far as I could see to the left and right, there were children. Mm. And that represented countries after mm-hmm. countries after mm-hmm. domestic yeah. here mm-hmm. in our own yeah. backyard and i'm and my my mind was was blown of those simple steps of just taking you know god's got us on this mm-hmm. journey this adoption journey and I'm, now i'm standing there going oh uh oh this is way bigger than than us taking joey home who was now you know strapped to me in a pouch um and so we thought what if we could help 100 families what if Stephen could do a tour come together let's help Hundred families adopt. Hmm. We couldn't find another organ. We looked to 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 maybe fund a grant giving organization. <laughs> really couldn't figure it out. And so it was like, let's just see. And and so from there, you know, fast forward to to 2022. You know, we've we just crossed over the 8100 um, wow. mark of adoption aid grants. And um, I haven't pulled figures because we're going to be spending some time at the Alabama prayer breakfast. And I believe we're at about 278 families with Lifeline. And, um, and so, and that's just families with adoption. So we love, hear this, we love Lifeline and we love partnering with you all because you guys go deep with your families, which is what Show Hope has been really wanting to be intentional about. We're just now starting our next um, strategic plan three years ago. There was this young whippersnapper named Emily Chapman Richards, the same <laughs> one that bugged the fool, fool out of us to consider adoption in the first place, led and spearheaded our first strategic plan. And we just finished it and we're getting ready to start a second strategic plan. And where it has brought Show Hope is 
we give adoption aid grants. That's still the cornerstone of our work. Um, you know, in the last couple of years, we had exited our work um, in China. As you guys know, we had Maria's Big House of Hope and some other care centers in China, and that grieved us deeply. But um, for a lot of varying reasons and the political climate in China, a lot of factors went into that. It was if 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 you want to know pain, that was an extremely extremely difficult decision to make, but um, made that decision to XR work. But then we transitioned into medical care grants, which is kind of the newest phase of, of Show Hope's work, which is where now anybody that is adopted, you don't have to be a Show Hope family, but anybody from anywhere who is an adoptive family who is in need of ongoing medical care, surgeries, there's so many, there's a myriad of things that qualify. Please, uh, you can call it, you can, um, apply for a medical care grant, we would love to partner well, because then we feel like some of those finances would be freed up to help services if they need some counseling services mm -hmm. or whatever, mm -hmm. you know, they'll be able to put some of their finances there. You mentioned earlier our TBRI, mm -hmm. you know, trust-based relation intervention. We partner closely with TCU and the Karen Purvis Institute of Child Development. We love, one of my favorite things we do is really when we really started researching this, this attachment care you know, we've got to get that into not just parents' hands, but, you know, everyday caregivers. And who is that? It's churches, it's Sunday school teachers, it's your counselors, right. it's state workers, it's social care workers, it's judges, it's police officers. We've heard so many stories of this care and these people becoming trained in this, in this attachment care that it's, you know, changing the trajectory of these children's lives and how they're parented and how they're cared for and, and how we as communities can partner, you know, with parents. And so we give scholarships to help, you know, like, like you mm -hmm. said, your counselors go to training. Um, we have our annual Hope for the Journey conference that we try to get into as many hands as possible. I think this year we had, I think it was right under 500 churches registered um, to, to watch the conference, which I don't know how many people that represents because different people will be right. around those tables. And then we also had, um, you know, personal individual registrants, you know, registering. And so I think it was probably over 600 that registered to see the conference. And so that's a go again. We've already got a lot of our speakers lined up for next year's conference. That was like a, that was kind of a, 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 a blessing of the pandemic because that conference had been live, but now we can go and get some of the greatest teaching on this attachment care and really, uh, you know, really get great video and great, um, you know, just great quality programming and be able to get it in as many hands as possible. And we, we love to gift that as well. And, you know, to just different organizations, we've been able to do the TBRI training in countries. You know, we've, mm -hmm. we've underwritten some countries that have training done there. So before these little ones are even getting into the arms of their parents, um, they're getting touched with attachment care. So we hope to kind of continue to to spread that out and do more country in country training. And so that's really exciting. And then we always keep, we've always kept from the beginning of time, a sliver of show hope for student ministry, because mm -hmm. it, again, it started with a pesky 11 year old, <laughs> that pesky little 11 year old. And so what tomorrow, you know, tomorrow's change makers are students. And mm -hmm. so how can we continue to be involved? And that's, that's been ever evolving. That's been from, we had the movement club, which was like a middle school club that went to the Red bus on if you remember the oh, red, yeah, the yeah, red bus project was the rolling thrift store and kind of engaging college students and now mm -hmm. it's the pause campaign which is where um, we ask kiddos to do kind of a week-long bible study that really kind of takes them a little deeper into 
you know, the, the father's heart on what it is to care for children who don't otherwise don't have families. And it's, it's created to be a, a, a kind of a, a fast from social media so that you can intentionally engage with this Bible study. And so that's been kind of cool. We've got a lot of cool stories. It's just a small sliver of what Show Hope does, but we're hoping in the future that that can really grow and we can, you know, really be involved in, in, um, in students' lives. And, um, yeah, so we just looking for all kinds of ways to continue to just go deep with our families and, and really engage with the church. Mm -hmm. You know, again, the church is where, they really are gatekeepers to so much of this care and so much of the families that are being called to kind of be kind of front lines people. So, yeah. It's awesome to see how God has taken those checks and exponentially multiplied it in it's, so many different it, yeah, ways. You would have and, never been able to convince me that yeah. it would have been. And to see all the stories that, that weave in and out mm -hmm. of, of how God has used show hope and, I remember one of the first times I met Karen Purvis and she was even telling me the story of how the Lord called her in to child development yeah. and to go back. And one of the, the pieces of the story that I even see woven in what show hopes doing even today after Karen has passed away is so her and her husband were in North American mission board mission, missionaries. And she said they had a, a, you know, a revivalist that came into town and that he calls her out. She snuck in late. She was in a, She's in a sweatshirt and jeans. <laughs> and here she was, the pastor's wife, sneaking into the back. And he calls her out and he says to her, you know, pastor's wife, Karen, stand up. I have a message for the Lord from you. Don't stop what you're doing, no matter what trials come your way. And the Lord's going to exponentially take this around the world. And, and he has. And he has. And through God's yeah. people. You know, That's right. Just yeah. Exponentially, just kind of threw right. gasoline mm -hmm. on it. And mm -hmm. it's her what 30 40 years research um her and dr cross and the whole team yeah. down at at the institute is is really wrapped essentially around the gospel she was such a, a lover of jesus and so that's why we we love it so much yeah. and um and it has been life changing life giving obviously all of us as adoptive parents of of kiddos who came home 20 years ago 15 years ago mm -hmm. We, you know, that's, again, that's why Show Hope started kind of chiseling, going deeper. It's like, this is really, really good. You know, let's get this to families. Mm -hmm. Everybody that applies at, at Show Hope for an adoption aid grant gets the connected mm -hmm. child. I mean, whether you get a grant or not, right. you get all that information. Right. You get that's the right. information on the conference. You get the information. It's like, please, you know, look at this. You know, this is, this is really, really important information for you to have. And, and you all are still innovating. I mean, I think part of the part of the fun in all of this is is that there there's still more that's growing and more that's right. happening. I know, you know, even um, you know, just a few weeks ago when Hope for the Journey, when we were there and you know, shooting the 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 sessions, like the idea of elevating the conversation about the gospel and orphan care and that's like right. how how are we doing this meaningfully in our churches and thinking holistically about it. The I think I can say this. I, I don't think we'll have to edit this out, but you know, some things coming up with seminaries. That's right. Oh, yeah. I was going to mention that, but I wasn't yeah. sure. No, yeah. no. I, I think, and, and just stay tuned for details, yeah. I think is yeah. the way to, is the way to put that. Seminary students coming your yeah. way. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> and, I, and I think just wow. the, you know, the things that the Lord continues to, to be able to do and, and the way that continues to grow is just a, it's a fun part of the story, which we're going to continue in the next episode of the Defender podcast. And so if you are, um, if you're sad that our uh, time with the Chapman's is coming to, end, to, to an end today, 
don't be because next week we're going to join you right back here and pick up this conversation and we're going to go a little further and a little deeper in order to uh, in order to, to just encourage all of us in our hearts with what the Lord's doing in His church and, and with His people on behalf of the fatherless. So um, for uh, for Herbie and for the Chapmans, uh, I will bid you adieu for a moment and we'll, uh, Lord willing, we'll see you in a week. Thanks for listening to the Defender Podcast. If you enjoy making this podcast a part of your weekly routine, we'd love for you to take a moment to subscribe, rate, and review the Defender Podcast to make it easier for more people to find. For more information on how you and your church can partner with Lifeline, visit us at lifelinechild.org. If you want to connect with me, please visit herbienewell.com. Follow us at Lifeline on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter by searching for Lifeline Child. You can email us directly at info at lifelinechild.org. Beloved, will you allow God to use the gospel through you to impact the life of a child? Please contact us because we are here to defend the fatherless. We'll see you again next week for the Defender Podcast.